Hello, I'm Tyler Smith, and this is More Than One Lesson, episode 35. Um, In the spirit of the podcast award nominations, I figured I would try to uh, uh, put out more than one episode in a month. Um, So yeah, uh, and if anybody happened to find the show through the podcast award nominations, uh, welcome, and I'm I'm glad you're here. Um, As of the posting of this episode, there will be, I believe, two more days left to vote in the podcast awards. So, um, and, and of course you can vote every day. So, um, I would encourage you to head on over to the, to, uh, I believe podcastawards.com. There's also various links, uh, to it on the, uh, on the homepage of more than one lesson.com. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, vote for me, um, in the religion category. And, uh, yeah, let's, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I'm going to win. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm the least popular of the ten nominees. But uh, who knows? Maybe we can pull this thing out. But uh, anyway, so so here's the thing um, about my show. I recognize that I don't often talk about movies that people have seen. Uh, I talk about movies like Adam Resurrected. I talk about The White Ribbon and The Informant, and The Messenger, and movies that, happy-go-lucky, movies that people have not seen. Occasionally I'll throw out an Iron Man or a Toy Story 3, uh, or Avatar, but by and large, it's it's stuff that interests me. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I speculate as to why I have not yet uh, found an audience. I would say probably a combination of not putting out episodes regularly, but also... You know, people say, I, I would like to listen to that episode, but I haven't seen the film. So, um, you know, I, I guess it's a, a weird catch-22. Um, because uh, I, I, I'd i be happy to talk about uh, bigger films uh, if they struck me as being, you know, interesting. Or if they just, uh, I don't know, if they, if they strike me as particularly meaningful. Um probably sometime down the line I will be doing an episode about the social network and that's uh that was a big movie this year and it's been winning a lot of critics awards so it's entirely likely that uh it's a huge it'll be a big candidate for uh to win best picture so uh but this episode might might actually be about the smallest movie that I've talked about so far um it is a documentary it is called Winnebago Man, and it's directed by Ben Steinbauer. And there's really no reason you would have seen it. It did not screen in a lot of uh, cities, and it's it didn't get a huge DVD DVD release. And uh, and it's a documentary on top of everything else. So, yeah, you probably haven't seen it. Um, I I would I would suggest that you go see it, but it does require a certain degree of background. So. Uh, there's nothing about it is, nothing about it is a a big surprise or anything. So, uh, by all means, continue listening to this episode. And if the movie winds up sounding interesting to you, then, uh, then seek it out because I I do recommend it. But, uh, here's basically, uh, some background for you. So, um, I'm sure if you're listening to this, uh, that you are somewhat internet savvy, which means you've probably gone on YouTube and you have found 
any number of hilarious videos. Uh, and there are videos that are hilarious on purpose and videos that are hilarious but not on purpose. Uh, and it's kind of in that America's Funniest Home Videos kind of way where, uh, you know, somebody found a piece of footage or, or whatever and um, and put it on the internet. It might be of them. It might be of someone they know. It might be of a stranger. You never know. And they put it on YouTube, and and it's just it's it's this little gem that uh, slowly but surely people start to know about, and uh, and everyone sees it, and they they get millions of views, and uh, one such video <clears throat> was. Uh, it 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 had several titles. Uh, among them, the angriest man in the world, and then another one called Winnebago Man. And what what it was? There's a guy in the late '80s. His name was Jack Rebney, and he was making an industrial film for the Winnebago Company. Um, and I don't remember if the video was supposed to go out to Winnebago dealerships or whatever, but uh, or maybe it was just a promotional video about what's going to be coming out in the next year. And he put this video together and he hosted it. But apparently the circumstances around the making of the video were not that great because it it, it was just incredibly frustrating for Jack Rebney and he wound up flying off the handle, yelling at crew members, yelling at himself. He's he's frustrated at himself and uh, and really mistreating people and the editors of that video were so angry at him that they wound up putting together a a sort of like a 10-minute montage of the all the outtakes from that video which basically just involved Jack Rebney screaming and swearing. And uh he re- and so Seek out the video if you don't mind a lot of swearing because it is it is crazy. This guy is almost like a David Mamet play um, in the in his creativity with uh, with this and and it is it is funny. I mean, when you watch it, it's very very funny. But there's no question that this man is having a bad day, and a lot of his frustration is clearly aimed at himself. There is no question about that. Um, and so uh, so the editors, as a way of getting revenge on this guy who yelled at them, they put together this, this uh, video of outtakes, and they sent it to the Winnebago company, and Jack Rebney proceeded to get fired. So they got their revenge. And in the meantime, this video of outtakes was, you know, just kind of circulated, and... and People would make copies of the video and all that. And then it was the perfect thing for YouTube once YouTube showed up. And uh, so that's that's the background uh, about that video. And uh, this this uh, filmmaker, Ben Steinbauer, uh, was fascinated by Jack Rebney. Who was this man? What's his story? Because it can't possibly be that he's merely the angriest man in the world. How does somebody come back from this? How does he deal with uh, this internet stardom, or I guess you could say infamy? Let's let's say that he's he's uh, he's infamous uh, on the internet. Uh, so Steinbauer asked various people who. You know, there's uh, the guys who who run the the Found Footage Festival, and he talked to them, and he talked to various other other people who kind of specialize in finding these little uh, gold nuggets of footage. 
and uh, and none of them knew where where he was and and so the filmmaker actually hired a private detective to seek him out and and in in the detective's uh, investigations he he found certain things here and there and one thing that he was able to determine is that this is a man who doesn't want to be found he wants he's very reclusive and uh but sooner or later the f- the filmmaker gets a message on his machine from Jack Rebney who's who was living in northern california saying hey i'd be interested in meeting with you and so begins a very unusual documentary um, because uh, when the filmmaker first meets Jack Rebney, he seems like this very uh, surprisingly kindly old man who sort of seems almost amused at uh, at his his infamy as I was me- as I was talking about. Uh, and uh, the filmmaker said, "Oh, had I had I misjudged this guy? I guess I had. I guess we all did." Only to find that. Rebney contacted him, would contact him again later and say, "Hey, by the way, I was just putting on a show for you. I actually am not the pleasant old man that I showed you. I did that because I wanted to show people that I'm not the man that they saw in the video, but in truth, I kind of am." And so then they just then the relationship deepens and uh and you discover that Jack Rebney Actually, he does have a lot of anger, but he also has just a lot of frustration with the, some of the choices that he's made, but also just the way that he, just where he has ended up uh, in his life. Um, and you come to find out that before the Winni- before making videos for the Winnebago Company, I mean, he had worked in you know network news, and so he really. He's had an interesting life, and and he as a person, there's multiple layers uh, to him, and he's just, I mean, he certainly is, curmudgeonly, he's a strange guy, he's certainly a character, but there's a lot going on there. He's an interesting guy. And one thing that, I don't know, it's one thing that is, uh, that is interesting is that he seems to be wanting to use the documentary for his own purposes. He doesn't seem to care that much about why Ben Steinbauer is making the film. He, Jack Rebney, he wants to use it to get his message out. And what is his message? His message is actually surprisingly political. And um, and it's fascinating that he wants to... I don't know, that he wants to exploit somebody else who is one could say exploiting him and you really get the impression that that Rebney feels as though he has never been actually listened to uh it's revealed that he's trying to write a book um and and that he just he's eager to get out all these political views and he just seems like you do wind up feeling very bad for him not bad uh, you know what i'm sorry not bad for him you feel tremendous sympathy for him because we all want to be heard we all want our opinions to matter to somebody and Rebney just kind of took refuge you know up in the mountains there's really only a handful of people that he knows socially and would call friends Uh, but by and large nobody seems to take him seriously or at least he feels like he's never been taken seriously and then of course once that video showed up online 
well, now he definitely will never be taken seriously. And you feel tremendous sympathy for him. And that's one of the things that the documentary does incredibly well, is it, it, the, the filmmaker is committed to showing the, the rest of the iceberg, he re, you know he he realizes this goofy video of this guy having a really bad day 20 years ago that's the tip of the iceberg now i want to see the rest and and in doing so he actually decides to branch out a little bit and he talks to some some experts and some journalists uh about the phenomenon of being an internet star for one what one could say are the wrong reasons uh, I'm sure many of us have seen the Star Wars kid, which is this kid. He's a teenager. He is he's overweight, and he is using like a broomstick in his garage as if it were a uh, like the double sided lightsaber, like in uh, the Phantom Menace. And he's just swinging it around, and he's not very athletic, and and it's very amusing. Um, and in fact, when I first saw it, I thought that this kid was being purposefully amusing. Uh, not the case as it turns out. He had filmed himself doing that for whatever reason, who knows. Um, and I think a friend, not, probably not a friend of his, somebody found it and, uh, and put it out, uh, online. And this kid became a huge laughingstock and, you know, you see, and and you you see it, you laugh at it. But what you don't realize is that this kid's life was ruined. I mean, he became the laughing stock of his school, certainly, and uh, I think he wound up having to change schools. I think he went into therapy, uh, and I think he wound up. I think his parents wound up suing uh, the person that put the video out. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Um, so, it, it, so I mean, there. You know that that story is actually rather tragic. And then they talk about this other video in which uh, this guy like jumps off of uh, like a telephone pole or or maybe he falls off a telephone pole and you know hurts himself and uh, and they say ah oh, that's funny that's hilarious you know people getting hurt that's that's really funny and then and then one of the interview subjects uh, which is one of the experts that I told you about who who kind of specializes in in finding this footage. He 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 remains surprisingly distant. He kind of keeps himself at arm's length, saying that he specifically does not want to know the story behind these things. He doesn't want to know if the guy who fell off the telephone pole broke his back and can't walk again. He doesn't want to know that. He only wants to see the video. He only wants to see the thing that makes him laugh. And and so the film explores that idea, the disconnect that people have specifically on the Internet, that we don't want to see the people on the Internet as people. We want to see whatever, sometimes it's what they're putting themselves, what, putting themselves out there as, but whatever the case may be, we don't want to see them as, you know, three-dimensional character. well, they're not characters, but as living, breathing, feeling people. Like, we don't want to see them that way. Um, and Jack Rebney is is 
kind of a not not necessarily a victim that might be too dramatic a term but uh he's definitely affected by that because there is a moment um where he is going to make a public appearance at the found footage festival and it's it's going to be a room full of people uh, of pretty predominantly younger people teenagers and and 20 somethings who've seen his video and they see all these other videos and they're so excited they're excited to see him um but the filmmaker interviews them in line before the show starts and it's fascinating to hear the way they talk about him because many of them i mean one guy says like oh man i can't wait this guy's going to be such a freak and then and pretty much everybody has judged him completely on this 10-minute video of outtakes from 20 years ago. And they have judged him based on that. I mean, how could he be any different? He couldn't, right? And it, and it really shows that disconnect. But here's what's, what's fascinating to me about it, is that Jack Rebney, when he talks about people on the Internet, he talks about them as, as if they were stupid mouth breather types, you know, who just, you know, are just looking for one bit of stupid entertainment and then they move on to the next one and that they couldn't possibly be sensitive or intelligent. And it should be noted, he hasn't conversed with any of these people either. So the disconnect is actually with him as well. He has a preconceived notion about the people that would watch this video and they have a preconceived notion about the guy in the video. And it, it's really fascinating to see that happen uh, because the the climax of the film is this event where he appears and, and gives, a, gives a short talk. It's more of an interview, and it's not very long. It's probably only about five to ten minutes. And he makes the crowd laugh on purpose. He's being funny. Um, but he's also being very articulate. He's not being the Winnebago man, he's being Jack Rebney, the actual person. And then afterwards, people come up to him and they talk to him and they say how much how much they like the video, which seems a strange thing to say because, of course, that's him on his worst day. And how, it, it, seems, it seems like it could be like an insult. Somebody coming up and saying, hey, when you were at your lowest and we all saw it and I laughed at it, I'm a big fan. It's a very strange thing to say. But... Afterwards, the filmmaker interviews the same people that he interviewed when they were waiting for the show, and all of them said, you know, he isn't what I thought he was going to be. But they don't say it in disappointment. They say it as if, as if I don't know, like the curtain had been drawn back, and they actually saw that this is a real person. He's not just the angry, swearing guy in the video. He is that, certainly, but there's more to him. And maybe... Maybe now, maybe they have a slightly better idea of what made him so angry. Um, and then the flip side of that, they talk to Jack Rebney, and he says, "You know, I guess I." He says, "I I don't remember if he specifically says I guess I was wrong, but I think he he comes out and and pretty much says I, I was mistaken. Those people are actually surprisingly intelligent and again articulate and sensitive, and and it's really just fascinating." the way the internet um, can... It, it almost gives you license to not see people as people. Um, and uh, and I will, I'll bring up the, uh, 
The Companion film, which is an, a film from 1951, it's directed by uh, Anthony Asquith, I think is that is how you say it. It's called The Browning Version, um, and it's uh, based on a play by Terrence Radigan, and he, he adapted it into a, into a, a screenplay. And it stars Michael Redgrave as a teacher, uh, a middle-aged teacher um, who's... Um, not necessarily strict. I wouldn't say he's a disciplinarian, but he just seems very humorless. And he's getting towards kind of the end of his career. Um, and he's just really gotten, he's not angry. He's just exhausted. And he has really given up on his students. When he was young, oh, he thought he could make such a big difference. But slowly but surely, you know, it chipped away at him, the the idea that, you know, I mean, we all went to school. We probably weren't huge fans of our teachers, and we probably rebelled against them. And uh, and it's and it certainly it chips away at the at this teacher, Andrew Crocker Harris, uh, the croc, I believe they call him. And uh, until finally he's given up on them. And then, of course, from the students perspective and, and and he says, I mean, he just treats them all as if they're delinquents as if they're animals as if they they're they're hopeless they're a lost cause so he's written them off and keeps them at at arm's length like we've been talking about but then of course the students they see him as just their cranky old teacher and they don't see him as as a three-dimensional person a multi-leveled person they don't know why he has gotten as bitter as he is, they only see that he is bitter and unhappy and that he's making them bitter and unhappy, and that's all they care about. And the film is about several things, but one of the things that it is about is the relationship between uh, uh, Andrew Crocker Harris and then one of his students named Taplow, who's kind of a tr- who is kind of a troublesome kid, but Taplow in it has a, a rare moment of seeing his his teacher as a person instead of just a teacher and it's about the this the the relationship uh between the teacher and student it's about several other things it's not only about that um but that is i'd say the core of the film is these two people seeing each other probably for the first time as people and and that i think is is it's it's a remarkable film, by the way. I, I highly recommend it. It's, it, I mean, it certainly does. You can tell it's a play when you see it, but it's acted wonderfully. Uh, Michael Redgrave. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry to say, I was, incre- I was totally unfamiliar with his work um, when I watched the film, and but it is amazing because a role like this, which is you know the exhausted teacher, um, you can overplay that. You can, you know, you can just make him like a caricature, but he doesn't. He instead plays him as a character that we ourselves don't really like immediately. In fact, we don't really like him that much throughout. We have sympathy towards him, but that's not the same as liking him. Um, And that's one of the things that I like about uh, the performance is that you know, it, he's not giving two performances, once as the angry teacher and then once as the real man behind it that we can all get behind and, oh, he's got a good heart. No, this is a guy who actually is sad and kind of bitter and cynical, and it has soaked into his core. 
And so he's not going to be the most agreeable person to listen to or watch. But we do have tremendous sympathy for him. And Taplow learns to have sympathy for him. And as such, Andrew Crocker Harris then starts to have sympathy for Taplow and realizes, oh, you know what? I've, I've done these students a disservice by writing them off and not seeing them as, as people with uh, potential. And so it's just a really wonderful film, and I was very happy that I got to that, that I was able to to see it. Uh, Criterion released it; it's a really nice release, uh, and I really recommend uh, seeking it out. It's a really wonderful film, and it ends with a really uh, heartbreaking uh, monologue by Crocker Harris, and it's just a just a great movie. Um, but that's that's what you know. To to sum up, that that's what we can. Excuse me. What we can get out of these films, and and I'm sorry to to specify so uh, specifically. I guess that's what you do when you specify um, about the internet. But frankly, because the internet, I mean, it's hey, it's only one aspect of life, right? It is. But frankly, if you're listening to this, and you know, for me as somebody who puts out not one but two podcasts, um. The internet is becoming a bigger part of our lives, and for many people, I'm I'm not the I'm certainly not the first one to say this. We do sort of live two lives: our everyday life, and then our life online. Um, and one could say that our life online might be a little closer to who we actually are. Maybe in the sense that when you're online, it's just you. And so you go to various websites, and and I'm not even talking about like you know porn or whatever. I'm I'm talking about. Um, I didn't mean for that to sound like, hey, it's no big deal if you look at all kinds of crazy internet porn. Um, but I, I don't mean to make it sound like it's some kind of salacious, secretive thing. But this the the stuff you spend your time looking at. It could be movie trivia, it could be sports trivia, it could be some kind of nostalgia thing, whatever. That's where you see what you know, what really interests you. And maybe it's something that you don't really talk about much in, in life um, with your with your friends, but it's something that is really interest, it really interests you. But, as we all know, and as I've said before, um, the Internet is a, I've said, it's a wonderful and horrible place because it allows you to connect with people from, you know, like across the world. Um, but if you're not careful, that connection will not be a real connection. It will be like I'm talking about this sort of at arm's length. You're not really willing to meet them where they are or really willing to delve into who they might actually be. There's a lot of negativity on the internet. And a lot of that is because perhaps in our everyday frustrations, we can't yell at someone to their face, so we'll go online, and we don't have to see someone's face. And we can vent. But we, we fail to realize, like the guy who fell off a, who falls off a telephone pole and possibly breaks his back, we fail to realize that there's more than just our, you know, our, our blog comments or our forum comments. That the person who reads that actually does have feelings. And will respond as if it were a real person talking to them. Um, and and I fall into this too. I have fallen into it recently. There's a podcast that I listen to that I have loved. And 
you know, like a year and a half ago, I wrote a negative, they, they were doing some things I didn't like, and in spite of the fact that I've actually, that I actually know some of the, the host of the show, I chose to write a review uh, on iTunes, a negative review, and I, I did that, and, and I could tell later that it was something that, uh, that I did in the, in the heat of some kind of anger, because within a day or two, I'm like, I should take that down. Um, and then come to find out only recently that the host saw that comment, because I did take it down eventually, that the host saw that comment and felt confused by it and kind of hurt by it. And, and I felt terrible, and, and I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for writing that. You know, who knows why I did it. I think I was in a bad, you know, headspace at the time. Um, but, I, I mean, I myself fall into that trap. I think we all do of, hey, the Internet is this weird thing that isn't completely real, and it's a place where I can go and just spout off, failing to recognize that the person I'm spouting off to is a real person. Um, you know, I've I've had people say stuff to me, listeners of this, sh- of this show, other podcasts, whatever, and I've said it before, that uh, they say things that are very, I mean, biting, I would say. And sometimes that's what they want to be. They want to be biting. And uh, mission accomplished. But then there are some who, who say, oh, you know, like they'll, they'll, say something that is a little harsh and I'll be like, Oh, did I, why did you, why did you say that? And they say, Oh, I didn't, I didn't mean to, you know, be hurtful. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to say like, ah, screw those, screw those guys because I've done it too. We all do it. There's that's, I think that's the inherent problem of the internet. And so we just need to be very careful about that because I mean, if you were to talk to Jack Rebney from Winnebago man I wouldn't say it ruined his life, but it certainly had an impact on him. And I don't know. I'm I it just I'll, I'll bring it back to Christianity. I don't have a verse in front of me or anything, but as I've mentioned in previous episodes, one thing that Jesus always did, or always and certainly always preached, is seeing people as people, not seeing them as what they represent, whether it be. Uh, you know, a conflicting belief or maybe a different race or a different gender or whatever, actually meeting them where they are and finding out what makes them tick. And I'm not guaranteeing that you'll like them. It's entirely likely that you won't. But at the very least, you've made the effort and maybe you understand them. You know, and just because you understand someone, that doesn't necessarily mean you like them, but you're doing what you're supposed to be doing as a Christian, and I would venture to say, for those that aren't Christian and are listening to this, as a person, you know, um, I'm reminded of uh, a quote from uh, Seinfeld, where uh, George is trying to do some crazy thing, and uh, Jerry says, you know, George, we're trying to run a civilization here, and and that's something that I've I've repeated frequently, either to myself when I do something ridiculous, or or to friends. Um, we're trying to run a civilization here and the internet itself is like a new type of civilization. I'm sorry. I took a, I took a science fiction class. Why not? Um, 
but it's its own little society. And there's a lot of risk in this particular kind of society of being incredibly uh, uncivil and just plain mean to people because they happen to say something we don't like. Um, and so what I'm saying is take a moment. If you're, you know, if you're going to write something nasty to somebody, um, or whatever, just take a moment, try to think how you would respond if someone wrote that to you. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with constructive criticism. It's, if it's something that someone needs to hear, then by all means write it. But again, Write it as you would want it, as you would want it to be written to you, because it is someone, it is a person that's going to read it. And so that's what that's what we can learn from these films. I, I, I highly recommend watching them. Winnebago Man is just a very solidly made documentary. Um, as I said, there's a lot of language in it um, because Jack Rebney is a very profane man. Um, but it's it is a very what I like about it is is the tenacity of the filmmaker and his willingness to not, uh, his unwillingness to just settle, um, and be deterred by, you know, oh, well, this guy's hard to get a hold of. No, he hires a private detective and he also wants to go into something larger than just this man and actually, t- uh, talk about the larger, uh, the larger thing that that Jack Rebney fits into, which is this internet infamy. Um, so it's a, it's a good film, and and it's uh, it's short, and it's uh, it's very entertaining. So you can get it on Netflix. It's on DVD now, um, and uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. As well as uh, the Browning version, which has uh, phenomenal acting. Okay, so uh, go to morethanonelesson.com dot com, and uh, from there you can. Uh, you can follow links to the podcast awards. Just a, just three more days to do that. Um, voting is over on the 15th, and you can vote every day. Um, and I would really appreciate it. Uh, as I said, I, I don't expect to win, but hey, you never know. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, I've added some DVDs to uh, the store, some DVDs and some books. Um, I really uh, want to... Uh, encourage you to go to the uh, more than one lesson store I don't say that because I make any money off it I don't make any money off of these purchases but I, I want to use it almost as a shortcut because there's a lot of especially as far as books go there's a lot of good resources there for movie fans and uh, for Christians um, and then uh, pretty much all the movies that I've talked about on the show are also available uh for sale on there, as well as the film Channel News, uh, written and directed by a friend of the show, Jacob Kinberg. You, there's a, a link to uh, to his website uh, where you can buy his film, which is very good. I, I highly recommend it. So, uh, yeah, uh, if you have any uh, questions or concerns for me, you can email me, Tyler, at morethanonelesson.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, which is uh, twitter.com slash morelessons. And I think that is it. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening, and I'll get you next time. Bye.